said don't look back? Don't believe them. You go for that corner seat in the restaurant, because they're going to try to get behind you. Don't you let them do it. You know what I'm talking about? You hear me talking? It's going off with Rap Critic and Muse. What is that a reference to? <laughs> that is a spoken word interlude from the song Turnaround by Devo, which in the 90s was covered by Nirvana. You know, it's always weird, and I don't know if this is a topic or not, but I was recently listening to a collection of Devo B-sides and rarities and thinking to myself, wow, these are all pretty damn good and, like, a better example of how unique and, like, ahead of their time they were. And why were they not on the actual albums? Why are they B-sides? Why are they rarities? I was just thinking about that. Like, man, people might actually remember them of being, like, more pioneers of, like, a post-punk kind of aesthetic instead of like a one-hit wonder new wavy thing if people would have heard these but too fuck bad ain't that the way it goes uh <laughs> don't it always seem to go i've been going on that journey uh recently at least in the last year or so of discovering more of devo's music and being like oh i mean i always like that whip it song because like it's like you can tell it is cooler than everything else that happened that year Purely because it's such a nerdy, fun thing that is so fun and didn't give a shit. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, like, this went there and had fun with it, and that's why this deserves... Like, if I was giving out awards, I'd be like, no, this deserves the win song of the year. Because you know they take a chance on this shit, you know? I have a feeling we're going to talk about this album second, but just as a little side note of something that's worth mentioning here... Uh, when Devo made Whip It, it was like 80. They were signed to Warner because uh, David Bowie and Brian Eno had heard them in the clubs and were like, wow, these folks are really doing some weird out there shit. We got to get them signed. They're really ahead of their time. They're doing shit no one else is. So Warner was like, well, shit, we can't fucking say no to David Bowie and Brian Eno. All right, yeah, we'll fucking sign these weirdos and we'll let them do whatever the fuck they want because they have fucking Bowie's blessing. So they were just kind of leaving them alone. But then when Whip It happened, that's when, and I recently heard this in an interview with Mark Mothersbaugh, he was saying that, like, all of a sudden, you'd have these people from Warner Brothers, like, opening the door to the studio being like, hey, guys, you, uh, you need anything? Like, any drinks? Or they want that fucking follow-up single so fucking bad. We, we want another Whip It from you boys or whatever. So I'm, I was thinking about that in the same lens of the album we'll, we'll be talking about later, Wish You Were Here, but Pink Floyd is it's the follow up record to still to this day, one of the best selling albums of all time, Dark Side of the Moon. I think it holds the record for like the most weeks on the Billboard Top 200. Like it was fucking gangbusters. And this is the how the fuck are you going to follow up Dark Side of the Moon, an album that still to this day, most of the songs off that record get radio playing classic rock stations. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about it because I was like, wait, I think I think that's the one where all the songs come from in this. So many of Whenever them. You turn on, yeah. yeah, if you turn on the radio, if it isn't money, <laughs> it's something from this album. Yeah. <laughs> money, time, brain damage, eclipse, they all fucking get radio play. And Wait, is time on that album too? Time's on Dark Side, yeah. God damn it! Yeah, I, I thought that was from a different. No, nope. you know what I'm about, th- dude. They've got so many bangers. I'm thinking really of the did. fucking wall. God damn! Uh, see, the wall has a different ratio because you got fucking two discs there. There's a lot of room. <laughs> Holy shit! These motherfuckers. I mean, not to spoil it too soon, but god damn, Pink Floyd. And I think it's really weird that they fucking covered that movie, The Wall, on I Love the '80s. It kind of felt like they were running out of stuff to talk about. Oh, definitely. <laughs> oh, 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 you think? 
great. <laughs> like, it is a phenomenal movie. Don't get me wrong. I really, really, really do enjoy that movie. I think it's one of the better um, rock operas, like, better than Tommy and the like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell the truth to save and the devil. <laughs> if we want to bring up the Beatles again, their movies. Um, <laughs> Magical Mystery Tour. <laughs> you got any stands for that movie out there? <laughs> people who know, know. But, <laughs> but the fucking wall is different. And, you know, I'm not going to expect every run-of-the-mill internet movie reviewer to understand its in- intricacies. <laughs> But it is a phenomenal movie, and I think it's aged fairly well. Something I was going to mention about the song selection, because we were talking about how, you know, so many songs off Dark Side of the Moon are hits now. I don't know if they were singles at the time. I'd have to look it up. But because there were so many songs on that double disc, The Wall, the songs that did make it to the radio kind of are kind of questionable to me. Like... I understand Another Brick in the Wall Part 2. That's the song most people know from it anyway. That's probably one of their best-known songs overall. One song that I'm I'm not a huge fan of it, and I, I it just sounds so generic that it annoys me. Young mm-hmm. Lust. You know that one? Ooh, I need a dirty woman. This could be any <laughs> fucking buddy. And I'm not gonna lie, I didn't know that was a Pink Floyd song when I first heard yeah, it. Yeah, there's nothing special about it. It just yeah. sounds like a generic rock song, so classic rock stations are like, yeah, fucking throw this on after... I don't fucking know. Boston. After playing Dream On for the 50,000th time. <laughs> like, god damn. Even as someone who likes Aerosmith, like, they've got other fucking songs. Right? You'd think they'd have, like, six. And that's it. For god's sakes, play Love in an Elevator. Like, I don't even hear that one as much. <laughs> Fuck. How about, uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, a song I... Ragdoll, for god's sakes. <laughs> a song I used to like when I was younger. The, um, Fallen in Love is So Hard on the Knees. You ever hear about that song? Uh, I know I've heard that one because I remember seeing the title, but I can't remember how it goes. It was on the album Nine Lives, which most people know for, um... Pink in your turn out the light. That was the one everyone fucking remembered. <laughs> what? Crayon. You never heard Pink? No. No, the only one the I hear all day flamingo. is... Flamingo. <laughs> no, the one I hear all day is Dream On and fucking, um... Sweet... Sweet Emotion. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Sweet Emotion. <laughs> I think I've said this on the show before, but there is a radio station that plays that song from them more than any other Aerosmith song and it's like god damn dude that song needs to be retired so bad it's like cause that it just that chorus lasts so long <laughs> I, I can't keep hearing that <laughs> ever since I dream of death the sweetest dream I never do <laughs> nah, I really like that song actually I yeah didn't, no no go for it I like it I didn't when I was a kid that son of a bitch got me <laughs> I, th- I think it's because I equated it too much with that fucking movie with that fucking movie. <laughs> wait, wait, we gotta train astronauts. <laughs> we gotta train or uh, drillers to be astronauts instead of train astronauts to just be drillers. <laughs> I don't trust your boyfriend, but I trust him enough that I'm gonna go on a sacrifice. I'm gonna go on a suicide mission to blow up that asteroid. Steven Tyler's daughter. I feel like there could definitely be some uh, dramatic tension to be ringed out of this. <laughs> Wouldn't want to miss out on that. 
that fucking Pearl Harbor, all of them, man. All those fucking movies. And it's like, it's so funny when you look back on it, it's like, those were supposed to be like the representation of where American cinema is at. You know, the- <laughs> I know. So the fucking, like, this is going to be the next Titanic. No, the fuck it isn't. Right? Because it's so funny and you look at like, like if you go to like a theme park or something like that, well, I mean, I haven't been to a theme park in a fucking while, clearly, but I mean, even before then, like, you know, in the 2000s, I remember going to theme parks, you know, like Universal and, you know, they have the rides for like uh, uh, speed or fucking uh, Top Gun. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I know the worst one was a uh, Twister. <laughs> Did you ever? <laughs> Where it's just like all the other ones are like, ooh, remember the movie? Well, here's the ride that's really fun, and it, it's, it kind of reminds you of that. Here's a picture that's from that, but mainly here's the ride with the Twister one. It's literally like, hey guys, you want to know what it's kind of like to be in the middle of a Twister, but not really? Here's like some wind blowing on you. <laughs> And it was a little bit of water, and ooh, and there's the cow floating by. <laughs> the ones that have the fucking effects, those always kill me. I thought you were going to mention the stunt shows. Stunt shows are fun. <laughs> when I was a kid, I really used to like them. I remember there was a there was a Batman and Robin stunt show that was based off the movie, so there was someone playing uh, Two-Face and someone playing... Uh, the Riddler. <laughs> you know, a lot, little bit of live theater. <laughs> I never saw Lethal Weapon, but I remember there was a Lethal Weapon stunt show, too. And they're the same fuck thing. Yeah, was there a joke about him fucking uh, about to commit suicide on the fucking... <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I think they cut that out for time. <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta run away from this uh, flaming fireball, but I'm gonna kill myself, Briggs! <laughs> <laughs> they always have to have... A, a speedboat jumping over an explosion. Of that's, course. <laughs> that's the big fuck cliffhanger. You know, oh, is he okay? Uh, then he pops out of the water. Yeah! I mean, I like fucking medieval times as much as the right. next person. Live theater is is definitely appreciated. Yeah, and it's very clearly derivative because, you know, if they bring you something original, you won't watch it. So let's, let's grasp this property onto the stunt show and you'll watch it. <laughs> Oh, fuck, we need to get to these albums. <laughs> we do need uh, to talk about your boy. We need... Oh, you... Oh, yeah. We need to talk about Sparkmaster Tape, dude. Sparkmaster uh, Tape. The Swoop Serengeti, requested by Evan Cones. Thank you very oh, much, thank Evan. thank you so much. Before we get started, um, I, I think this will sum it up relatively well. I just got one question for you. Did you like it? Oh my fucking god, no. <laughs> okay. I, I have to say this off the top because I got to answer this guy's question. Because he was asking, oh, the producer tag uh, just fucking took a big bag of it and just dumped it all over the goddamn track. Let the chips fall where they may. You like it? The, the song hadn't even fucking started yet. The first song wasn't even fucking started yet. And it's, you like it? I'm like, Oh, what's that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I wasn't a big, big fan of this. Um, At all. <laughs> and I'm giving it away now because, honestly, who cares besides probably Evan? Hi, Evan. I, get, yeah. I ended up giving this a three. Too generous, too generous. <laughs> it was so painfully average, but there were some songs on here that I did really like. And I'll get those mm. out of the way first. I really liked uh, Charlie's episode, Wayne Kest, like they were trying to do a Kanye 
oh. west, but they inverted the, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what the relevance there was. Um, I also liked All I Know, and I also liked Murder Monsoon and Pinata. I actually gave some pretty favorable ratings to a good bit of these songs. I couldn't tell you anything about them after the fact, though, unfortunately. I did quote some of the ones that I liked, though, so we'll get to those when, when we get to them. Uh, you want to start with Charity, the intro track. Where we just get to hear this, the, the samples we're going to be hearing all throughout the album, just off the top. You like it? What kind of soup you making? They're like fucking. God, what's his name? Jr. Yeah, Jr. Blue Hides. Yeah. My first question is like. Do you listen to this? Do you listen back to your own music and you're like, Haha, I enjoy that I keep playing that, yeah. Just elbowing all your friends. Hey, you like that you one? Like it? That was mine. Every you time like you hear it? the song, you're going to hear this. Isn't that fun? It's like, oh, you can't enjoy it without the annoying ass samples over it. That's what the American hip hop albums sound like. Yeah, as I did a little mm. research, I found out that this guy's like a Russian, uh, some Russian dude who's, uh, one of his tracks really? went, yeah, one of his tracks went viral on Worldstar, uh, to some video of, like, Russian dudes beating up each other or something like that, some Russian mob guys beating up some other guys, and, like, his song was playing to it, and I guess that, like, kicked up, started his career, and I was like, oh, that explains so much like because yeah. as soon as i heard this album the first thing i was like oh i'm getting i'm getting them urban dance squad vibes yeah. with the fucking i sound like i'm rapping like i'm american but i like say certain phrases that like no american would say like that and that's interesting because i didn't really get that vibe in particular but now that you say it it's kind of an eye opener because like at first i'm listening to it and i'm like oh he's doing the low voice thing okay it's like why is that keep happening wait what are they doing where's the hook on this song what's happening like you yeah. know, as i just was starting to question more and more things i'm just like what is this <laughs> and you know again it's like he's talking all this like oh gang bang shit i'll fuck you up but it's very like non-specific what he's talking about you know what i mean where it's just like i don't feel like he's talking about an actual experience and he's saying certain words weird and i'm like is this a foreign guy trying to sound like a black rapper? Like, oh no. <laughs> I did like that Kai Skywalker dude on Murder Monsoon. Yeah, I mean, you know, anyone rapping other than him. Um, <laughs> I did, yeah, he really outshined Spark on that track. I thought that was unfortunate. It was just like, no. Okay, but going to half of Nepal, because that was the track that, like, kicks things off, right? Yeah. Low voice rapping and da-da-da-da-da-da, but there's, like, this a constant beat going underneath that sounds really cool I'm like oh okay and then the rap verse finishes and like you hear this really lush production happen with like this harp and stuff and I'm like what the f oh okay I guess we're just we're taking this to like another level this is gonna be you know Hermes gangster rap you know <laughs> this is gonna be fancy uh, you know fancy shit we go through the song he's just talking about coke cuts we bag him up no rush got luck to touch fuck around with us paper platoon we smoke like uh and then it cuts and then you hear spark mass snake you have 60 seconds to win a million dollars and oh, answer this question I'm like huh no. what what happened like nothing he said last felt like it was leading into that or anything that fucking skit yeah took so long yeah it's like a third and of the I song I have no idea why it was even there 
Yeah, and, and I thought it was going to be like something funny. I guess there's a bit of a joke here. Like, oh, you have to take this test. What is the answer? Ooh, is it B? Is it C? Is it D? And then the beat kicks back in and he goes, oh, it must be A, 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 A. And it's like, oh, get it? I did the A sound that the rappers do, yes? I liked that, but if the buildup to it wasn't so long, yes. like, you could just do that real quick and be, eh, that's kind of clever. Yeah, and then move on. <laughs> and then for the fucking... Um, punchline just be at the end of that verse, that short verse. He goes, "Yeah, I guess I, I guess my answer is A." And you just hear like a buzzer. If you would have just quickened that up, it would have been funny. Like as I'm listening to it, it's like, no, this is just generic shit. Like there's one line where he's like, "What you know about a dumb motherfucker that ain't slept in a decade in a week? The cousin of death, marking your cousin when he got some sleep in the weekend." And I'm just like, tr- like I'm trying to hear where the rhymes are and where his flow is going. I'm like. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> like I've referenced this too often, but you got the Pepe Silvia strings on the on the cork board trying to figure out where the point's going. Like, all right, I'm trying to follow you, dude, but you're losing me. Yeah, he said uh, they try, but they can't helicop us, which uh, I like that. Uh, okay, yeah, helicopter. That was okay. And fuck your house. Bring a big carrot and start a damn war. <laughs> I didn't get the character. What? That like, might be that might be local <laughs> slang. Now that I know he's not from around these parts, <laughs> I did like this little string in Pinata. The snitch, click, click, got bitch, mob shit off the topic. Fuck your gossip. Shot the hostage. Now you're gone. Donkey of the week. Charlemagne the god. It doesn't make the most sense, but it sounds nice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's one of those things. Like as I'm listening to it, it's like you purely went with this because the flow sounded nice and it didn't mean anything. Like it's. But the thing is, it's like. I shouldn't be able to just immediately, as I'm listening, be able to tell, you know? I should be caught up in, ooh, where is he going? You know what I mean? When he's got a decent flow, that's really all I need from him. And I can feel you on that, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the pitch-shifted voice bit. There's a song, I think it was that first track, where it literally has the fucking... Like, we're dating this shit. Oh, my God. It's only 2013, and it still sounds old, even by that point. Like, this already sounds like 2009 shit. What are you doing? Exactly. But when he gets a hold of a flow, and on Charlie uh, Charlie's episode, I really liked the beat and the samples on that one. Oh, yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, yeah, that was the highlight for me, yeah. I like when they introduced that kind of creepy laughing sound effect that just kind of happens in the background. It made the track feel so manic. It was just like, I don't know what's going on here, but, like, it's kind of scary. Gives it an extra energy to it, yeah. Rhyming beastly with an M9, bumping easy on the M9, London sees me, mm-hmm. four IDs can't find me easy, if you do I got some candles lit, we be on the Hammer Brothers shit, and my hammer about to hit, have you doing hammer dances and shit, I thought that was okay. You know, like, yeah, there's little flows every now and then, yeah, and, and if you can turn off and just enjoy it, it's fine, but it's, it, it's just so cluttered and messy, it's just like it's not worth it and when i first listened to it i was listening to it on uh youtube where it's like Mm -hmm. you know it's basically like an old record where like they don't give you the time code so you just kind of have to skip through (laughs) and hope you get to the next song you know (laughs) um but yeah fucking uh then we get to pinata and the first thing in my younger days i used the sport of shag when i get sampling them passing me by so much and it's just like what is up with these foreign DJs sampling the most unappealing parts of rap songs? Like, <laughs> What was he thinking with 
fucking mutual fund where he samples oh, a what? whole Busta Rhymes verse. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I almost wanted to give it credit because, like, oh, he he kind of put the his rap verse like off of the time of the original beat, so it's like, oh, yeah. he's like rapping on the off time. That's an interesting thing. If it, but if it was like just him experimenting and having fun with that, that would be fine. But then it's like it does the deep voice, then it gives it Busta Rhymes his normal voice back, which seems weird. Like if you're going to take it to this thing where we're sampling, like actually play with it. But it gives him back that voice so he can have like what functions as the first verse. Okay, why are you acting like this is a collab? <laughs> like what? This is just weird. Is it cheap that? Mutual Fund actually has it say Mutual Fund featuring Busta Rhymes. Like, I, I think that's a little cheap. <laughs> Don't like say he it's got a fucking, he yeah, like you got a fucking he called Busta on the right, phone doing like, him a favor. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, dude, I saw you on Worldstar. No, the fuck. That's not what happened. Yeah, if you're sampling that, you treat it like a surprise. You don't treat it like, oh, look who we got in the studio, guys. Let me put his name up there. Like, no. Fuck. I got my arms crossed, sarcophagus. Guy mobbing on your bitch. She had the tape on the bottom like a street hockey stick trick mm -hmm. tipping on oculus rift their lines innocuous shit like six splits split the eyes like binoculars i was like yeah mm -hmm. I, I heard that i was like hey wait that <laughs> but was then, dope but then he keeps going unfortunately <laughs> i wonder if and i found this out after we reviewed limbo you're probably gonna say, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, because you weren't so hot on the well, not as hot on the album as I was. I found out later that Amine's, like, writing style, he'll think of something slick, and then save that in his phone as, like, a little, like, here's a few bars or whatever. And then just, like, he'll just be coming up with a song and be like, oh yeah, I guess I could put that one cool thing I wrote in here. You know... It doesn't always fit, <laughs> but it's like, but this it would work on this song. <laughs> and I feel that kind of on this, too, of like, because there's moments. You're so and right. it feels like you might have had to write a whole song around that one cool part. Oh, my God. That makes so sense. Like, it makes so sense to track, too. I think about, like, yeah, how it flows. And then you hear, like, the, whoa, this beautiful cleansing music. And it's like, wow, man, wouldn't it be cool if, like, this hardcore track flipped into this really nice sounding thing? Yeah. Oh, shit. I have to make a whole song around it. <laughs> And there's a song on here that I really liked. I forget I forget which one, but it was so short of like, man, you can make these songs shorter and not have to fill it with so much garbage, you know? Like, you can just keep the good parts. Going back to the pinata joint, though. Uh... <laughs> Another track I liked, and unfortunately this is like the last one that I gave a favorable rating because a lot of them are just kind of downhill from here. All I know... Are you telling me you didn't like it? <laughs> mm. With the nobody likes no. the records you play sample. Nobody likes the record, man. That was a. I got a good laugh out of that one. <laughs> it fits really well, especially because they're using like a Motown sounding beat of like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually did like what they did with it. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie moved the molly, probably mixed with some dodgy, soggy weed, got me coffee, coffee, got the hottest, call it sake, bust their headshots, see bukkake, fuck them sweatshops, still full raris, making them Starbucks like the coffee, hit the swap meet and move the property, probably. It was like, uh, it's fucking slick, dude. Like, dude has it at points. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really even have much written down for the last few tracks except for uh, the Swoop Serengeti, the fucking title track, where the only thing I really liked about it 
was the beat and the sampling of the uh, Ted DiBiase laughing clip. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's just a fucking cheat code for me, though, if you use wrestling samples in your shit. And I liked how they flipped the uh, Hotline Miami music in uh, Castle and Towers. Made it super fucking eerie and was good at setting a tone. But that's kind of cheating because it sets a tone in the, in the game. So it's like, I could just sit back and write whatever. It's like, hmm. Yeah, overall, I give this a one and a half out of five. I, Ooh, I was not Ow. feeling this shit. <laughs> Ooh, fuck me. So let's slide on over to our boy, Dr. Goatman, always mm-hmm. pulling through for your boys, requesting Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here. That's right. Oh, man. Um, really short track list. We've got, <laughs> what, five, six? Yeah, I, looked, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> because we got the prog rock bookends. We got the really long song at the beginning. We got the really long song at the end. It's stocky. It's it's, it's a stout album. It's very dense. For a follow-up album to, like I said earlier, yeah, the, one of the greatest selling albums of all time, the expectations, especially from the label, are going to be super fucking high. So it's like, well, we can't disappoint them. And originally, they were going to follow it up with a fucking record of like... Just like sounds. Oh no! <laughs> oh, the seventies trying to be a little too experimental. Uh, <laughs> John Lynn, get out of here! <laughs> Stop talking to people. <laughs> it's one of those things of the fucking pressure. Like you crack under the pressure of like, well, what the fuck we're we gonna do? We gotta do something different. Yeah, you heard Michael Jackson uh, after like Thriller was uh, apparently gonna do like a bunch of covers or something like that because they were like, really? Yeah, they're like, no, nah, man, that album was too big. You can't fucking. <laughs> There was a part in Shine On You Crazy Diamond that actually ended up using some of those aspects. They had a table full of Mm. uh, wine glasses filled with different amounts of water, (laughs) and they were just playing the glasses? (laughs) And that was originally just gonna be the song. What? No, you can't. (laughs) No. (laughs) Too much. We can't do that, but we can use that on something bigger. Right, yes. I'm glad Cooler Heads prevailed on that one. (laughs) The Beatles released Rubber Soul, Mm. and that was like a big fuck album. And then the Beach Boys released Pet Sounds. Pet Sounds. And then the Beatles released Sgt. Pepper a few years later. And Brian Wilson was like, hmm... How are we going to top Sergeant Pepper? And the shit he was writing and producing was like, yeah, like fire engines, like, and just like shit that was like, nobody wants to listen to this. But he was trying to go so experimental, so abstract, because he thought that was like the way to go. And it was like, nah, man, that, that ain't the way. To, that ain't the way, dude. Fleetwood Mac did that, too. They, they released uh, Rumors. And I was like, OK, what are we going to do next? And when they were working on the album Tusk, there was a story I read that, like, one of the dudes, like, was just, like, in the bathroom and fucking pulled a goddamn Pink Floyd the Wall thing of just, like, shaving off, like, all his hair, like, in his head, because, like, he was just, like, going nuts of, like, what the fuck do we do? Where do we go from here? 
it makes Wish You Were Here that much of a anomaly of like they were able to go back to back and not disappoint. This album is fucking stellar. Oh my god, spotless. Every track is at least like six minutes long, <laughs> and and like there's it's so open and such like this full space, and there's so many times where you're just like languishing just in a sound and like not really going anywhere, but like you're just along for that ride. It's like this ocean of music that you're just floating through. So I had that thing of like, okay, I'm going to go into this. I don't really know what's happening. I might get, you know, I might get a little bored. This is prog rock, so the songs are really long. You know what I mean? Like, I had that feeling of like, but at least there's that one song I'm going to know. And then it's like, I was so engulfed in the mood of the music that by the time it got here, I was like, oh, and there's the hit. <laughs> and like, when it came in, and it was so fucking cool. Because it, like, the way it happened is like the track right before is like, you know, it's all full and you're hearing the full lush sound. And then, like, I was listening to it on my headphones and they did this thing where, like, the sound sounded like it shrunk. It was a loud as fuck whoosh sound. I didn't realize it was a meme. The Chromatica 2 instrumental track intro into 911 is kind of a meme because Chromatica 2 has that duh, 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 like that build up and people are like using it and everything. The build up from Have a Cigar to Wish We Here. So what happens is it goes from what you were listening to to now it's being played on a radio. Someone just flips through the stations on that radio. Yeah, no, and they go from that to like a talk radio station for a few seconds, Mm -hmm. and then it flips to a classical song, and you hear it for like a few seconds, and then it flips again, and that's when you hear the first few notes of "Wish You Were Here." So cool, like you're just going on a journey, (laughs) and you're like, "Whoa, man!" Like it sounds whatever, but then you hear the fucking live guitar over it, like, "Oh man!" As it comes in, yeah. Oh my god. Going, it's like a, <laughs> I don't know if this is an apt comparison, but the, um, in Oakland, the fucking Gambino Oh, song. from the Childish Gambino <laughs> Hey, I had to bring up Childish Gambino. <laughs> Here's the new hit from Lloyd. It's called yes! Oakland. <laughs> and you hear it, and you hear Gambino, like, singing along with the song on the radio, and you hear the wiper blades going, <laughs> and, but then the song, like, kicks in for real. It was that, it was like, oh, shit. For sure, for sure. Okay, um, so here's my only issue okay. with this album, and... It's not the song's fault specifically. There was a debate within the group of whether or not to split Shine On You Crazy Diamond Parts 1 and 5 and Part 6 and 9. David Gilmore, the one of the four members, said we should keep them together. Rush was actually, back in their more um, their more proggy days, every album would have a song on it that was like 15 to 20 minutes, and the label was like, you've got to fucking cut that out. But then they put out um, 2112, which is like this big fucking mm. epic story, and the label was like, all right, fine, you fucking proved us wrong, and it's the whole side of the record. It's just one <laughs> song is the whole side of the record. Nice. And it was like, we can't do that again, though. We, that was, that was <laughs> but it. Not twice. <laughs> <laughs> we did it once. We got away with it. They loved it. We got to move on. You made history. Never do it again. <laughs> so with this, I think if Shine and Your Crazy Diamond was a complete thing, I think I would have liked it more because hmm. part, parts one and five, I think, are fucking phenomenal. Once you've heard three songs in between. Uh. Shine on your crazy diamond part six starting out. It's just kind of like, 
all right, like, it's fine. Not until it gets funky in part eight was I like, oh, okay, now it's getting kind of cool. And then when they bring the, like, the lyrics from Shunner, like, it feels like we've had too much time in between. And on top of that, I feel like the album should have ended with Wish You Were Here. Mm. Like, I think if you had Shine On Your Crazy Diamond parts one through nine, the first track, and you end with Wish You Were Here, I think that's a better way to end it. But then, well, we'll get to it in a second, the whole um, relevance here to the original uh, lead singer of the group. The song ends with this really powerful and touching rendition on a Moog synthesizer of oh that's what that is from their first album and that's like a little tribute to and i was like oh man that's really nice though i guess you can't i did and it sounds you do so have to end good with that. yeah it sounds Damn like, it. and it's just going as it ends and you just hear it it's like go off into the you know into forever oh that sounded so fucking i thought it was some sort of like fucking electric french horn or some shit <laughs> right? oh, it's, it's so fucking pretty it's so oh good. my god it's so nice it's just like oh I'm, I'm in the future and things don't seem that bad oh i am seem pretty at ease <laughs> and it threw me off specifically because like i remember people saying that like oh yeah it's short for sid you know the guy and i was like s o y c d that that's a stretch <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm like what are nah. you guys talking about <laughs> that's why that's i got like dark side of the moon wizard of oz shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> well see if you erase uh two letters like no that's not how acronyms work <laughs> <laughs> You're trying too hard. Get out of here. Like I said, I disagree because I, I really do think, like, with Pink Floyd, there is that thing of, like, where, you know, putting a pin on, like, an idea that we had earlier. There's a theme that's coming back through this song by the fact that we're doing this. You know what I mean? Like, you can so much quicker get what they're going for as you're listening to it, you know? Like, um, and I just gotta say, like, as much as I love all of these songs, the song that just blew my top back was fucking Welcome to the Machine. Yes. Oh yes. my goddamn lord. So for an album that has way more music than words, <laughs> yeah. when, when the words do happen, they just hit you so strong. And it's just oh like, my God. Pink Floyd has a very extensive discography spanning decades. And I'll admit I haven't heard all of it. Welcome to the Machine might be in my top three, if not my favorite Pink Floyd song. It is so fucking good. Like, I, I could see, like, yeah, going through their entire discography and still being like, nah, but this one, though. It's so <laughs> ominous and foreboding and just a... Just, oh my god. The sound effects put you in a very specific place and a very specific mood where you're like, what's happening you know what i mean like you're just like we it, like because it sounds like you're being prepared for something like I'll, i'm like am i in one of those fucking you know things that scans your body for like fucking superpowers or cancer or whatever the fucking you know like, you know you hear this the thing that like really circular and you sit in it and they you know slowly put you in it and you as the thing goes over you you know the big creepy lights <laughs> the way it does open with like a door closing or door opening I yeah which and then just yeah like that like like that hum was yeah. like what the fuck is going on right. like it's like a spaceship door opening and then the way it ends of the it just like ends with the noise of a party something happens before that where it feels like the thing has been cut off and it's like all right now you're done and it floats away yeah like it just cut you back to and now you're back to regular life that didn't even happen and like it's yeah one of those songs where like 
like again with these songs yeah it's a 70s song they put effects on it ooh isn't that wacky they put a noisemaker on it ooh weird but with this like I was in an atmosphere where at the end I was like Pink Floyd, what the fuck did you just do? What did you do to me? It felt like you were abducted and then just put back on Earth. Like, okay, am I all right? Do I still got everything? I got to check my pockets. What happened? And I got to bring up the fucking lyrics. There's only two verses, but they are so poignant with their fucking lyrics. Just so sharp. I got to fucking quote this. So, yeah, you hear the lyrics. Welcome, my son. Welcome to the machine. Where have you been? It's all right. We know where you've been. <laughs> just that verse. Oh, just like, so we already know whoever this person is. They are fucking with us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just asked you a facetious question. Nah, I'm just getting actually. We know all that information already. <laughs> and and just that little jokey thing sets you up for what's happening next, right? Because the next uh, lyric is he says, "Um, you've been in the pipeline, filling in time, provided with toys and scouting for boys. You bought a guitar to punish your ma. You didn't like school, and you know you're nobody's fool. So welcome to the machine." In the next verse, he goes, uh, "Welcome to the machine. What did you dream?" It's all right. We told you what to dream. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, seriously, if you're listening to that for the first time, that's a, oh, fuck moment. <laughs> Just like, oh, my God. I don't know what's happening, but I've already lost. Whoever this is, they've already planned for everything. And I'm just a fucking sheep to the slaughter. So what's about to happen? You know, and just specifically, you know, no matter where you try to go, whether whether you stick in with, uh, you know, what you think is right and, you, and, you know, you, you be obedient and, and good and all that sort of shit, or you deviated from the proper path and thought you were being a rebel and all this stuff. But either way, like, they've still got your number. You know what I mean? Like, they, they've already planned for what you're doing. <laughs> like, it felt like some 1984 shit, you know? The other interpretation, which does kind of go in line with the pressure of following following up dark side of the moon is that welcome to the machine and have a cigar are two very different songs about the same thing oh, just yes. about yeah. dealing with the music industry mm-hmm. and the machine being the music industry and at the end of it it's just like this party going on of yeah you know whatever we're celebrating your success or whatever but like you just heard the reality of the situation. Right. <laughs> and how the machine thinks of you, how it looks at you, mm-hmm. how it utilizes what it can take from you for its own ends. You know what I mean? Like, And how it appreciates you or doesn't in the end. And the fact that we've got two such different songs about essentially the same thing, because Have a Cigar is... Just kind of like straight up classic rock kind of song, mm-hmm. but it's about essentially the same thing. But in the more straightforward way, whereas the first one was more like metaphorical and and looked like it was zooming over the landscape of what this was. And the next song was like now, uh, I mean, not zooming over, but like, you know, going over the whole landscape. And the next song was zooming into the specifics of, you know, the fuckery. You know what I mean? I fucking love the and I'm not going to be able to do it justice, but the the way it changes the. Welcome to the machine. Yeah. Like, the, like the little wobble there. <laughs> no way, man. Like, his oh, voice the way is he's just, like yelling. Yeah, these the way he's being used is so perfect. Oh, fuck me. He sounds so goddamn good on this. Like, it feels like it's supposed to be the perspective of, like, a record label guy who's like, you know, whether or not you're making the pop songs or whether or not you're making the the shit that you think sounds rebellious, I'm still going to find my way to make my money off of it. You know what I mean? I'm still going to monetize the shit. I'm still going to use it for my own ends. So, like, yeah, after I listened to this song, I was like, oh, my God, what happened to me? Where where was I been? You know, where have I been all this time? And why do I feel the sudden urge to be a rock star from the 70s? (laughs) Like, like, you know, like this, like there's coding in the song specifically to, like, manipulate you into wanting the sex drive 
drugs and rock and roll, you know, like like uh, in that fucking Josie and the Pussycats doll, where, where the cat ears, you know, is like oh, yeah. hypnotize people into buying the records. You know what I'm talking about? What? Well, and if you don't watch the Josie and the Pussycats movie, it's really fucking good. <laughs> or Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. <laughs> Y- you know, to bit, a lesser extent. Bit, bit of a different recommendation, but <laughs> different genre there. <laughs> Have a cigar. A very different uh, approach to this topic, and I really like the way they do it in that Roger Waters uh, tried to sing the song originally, but uh, due to pressure of uh, touring and the strain he was putting on himself on the rest of the album. He thought he sounded like shit. And I heard a different version of the song that I think he was on, and yeah, they made the right choice. He wasn't perfect for this song. They got somebody else. That is really interesting, because yeah, like I didn't realize that, so as I'm listening to the song, I was like, huh, he sounds like there's a different tamer in here. He sounds like the guy who did that, uh, what's that song? Uh, the Dirty Laundry. Who's that guy? Oh, Don Henley. <laughs> yeah. A little like, bit, yeah. You know, it's like, it's like a pop song, but it sounds like a pop song like written with a purpose though like <laughs> yeah he's gonna tell you some shit though <laughs> you they know? got a guy uh roy harper uh to fill in and i think it works really well in the in the sense that this is supposed to be somebody talking to the group so mm. it makes ah, sense to have so it's it another voice someone that's not in <laughs> See, the group ah, there's just such little things in this album that really just like just subtly take you on a journey you know what i mean it's like <laughs> and i i like that the lyrics don't really fit the time either like it sounds more like dialogue than lyrics because it just kind of sounds like someone talking for the most part so again i don't know if either of these are intentional i know the fact that they got a different person was kind of just out of necessity but it's funny how it's just like the things that happen just sort of color things in ways that like i don't know just bring you into this album in such a interesting way <laughs> come in here dear boy have a cigar you're gonna go far you're gonna fly high you're never gonna die you're gonna make it if you try they're gonna love you i've always had a deep respect and i mean that most sincere the <laughs> band is fantastic that is really what i think oh by the way which one's pink get the fuck out of here you asshole you fucking prick! <laughs> Immediately, you're I like, oh, fuck this guy. <laughs> it's so good. And then the uh, the second verse is still so good. Um, we're just knocked out. We-, we heard about the sellout. You're gonna get an album out. You owe it to the people. We're so happy, we can, we can hardly count. Everybody else is just green. Have you seen the chart? It's a hell of a start. It could be made into a monster if we worked together as a team oh and it's so like just perfectly written to where it's like it's showing you the yes this is how someone who's being you know trying to pull you in and be nice this is the language that they use but with yeah, the wording so that so gives away like what exactly they're feeling <laughs> yeah these fucking grooming tactics that this person <laughs> is using and just the it's giving the average listener a, a, a really crystal clear glimpse into what it's like working for a label of <laughs> just like yeah this, this fucking A&R team is gonna have their fucking hands in the stew at every fucking step of the way your creative individuality like how much control you have on this you don't have as much control as you thought because these people are gonna try to make it their thing and it's like oh man fuck I don't want to bring it back to Devo again, but there's so many parallels. Uh, mm. The album after Freedom of Choice, the the one with Whippet on it, uh, the first track on the album is actually called Through Being Cool. And it's it's a straight 
kind of diss to anyone who discovered Devo through Whip It and thought that was like <laughs> what they were like and oh, like don't appreciate their messages. <laughs> oh, I it's got like, you. you know what? Fuck that. So that album is actually a lot darker lyrically than the previous one of like kind of intentionally trying to scare away bandwagon Okay, fans. see, I get that. I get that. But <laughs> but on, on a certain level, I'm like, oh, let people appreciate your music on whatever level. Come on. <laughs> They're giving you money. I can forgive you guys for being artists, but I can't forgive you for being stupid. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what you're doing. And maybe at the end of the day, hey, that at least shows what they're, it shows their heart. You know what I mean? Like, it shows yeah, I the- wondered that, but then I see how many commercials they did in the 80s, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing doing so commercials for Honda scooters and Diet yeah. Coke? Like, so what the fuck, it? man? Yeah. I thought you guys were like the anti-commercial, whatever the fuck. I mean, you're fucking doing ads for real big names here. As to no fault, again, no fault of the album, I ended up giving it a four and a half, and I know... I know <laughs> it should it should you be son a of a bitch you Some, <laughs> something about shine oh, on your nice. crazy diamond part six through nine. Oh, it just it just didn't grab me as much you it felt sort of redundant <laughs> after you listen to wish you were here how many people are gonna leave it on that's just that's my question man like you started you had no choice with shine on part one through five you want to hear the other ones are gonna start there and you're moving the needle further in and uh, you know they took they took uh, account to, to to the mainstream audience you know maybe they maybe they just they just didn't have the stomach for a full uh, a side track that's just one song you know what i mean we're not all rushed sorry exactly <laughs> it's a risky chance it's it's a, it's a risky maneuver you know yeah you don't know if they're gonna keep paying attention <laughs> So it's like, yeah, here's the bookend. Boom. There, there you go. And like I said, I, I do really think it's just like glorious the way it ended with that. Like I was listening to that track and I remember getting to a certain point where it felt like the song was like, and here's where it's at its end. And I was like, wow, I was writing down my notes like this is beautiful. This is a glorious track. And I, oh, my God, there's three more minutes left. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, let me kick back. <laughs> you know, but it's just like just the fact that like when you get that feeling of there's more and you're like, yes, instead of, uh, you know. I'm so torn because, like, I like the way part five kind of fades in to uh, Welcome to the Machine. Mm-hmm. There's a saxophone being played at the end of part five, and it sounds so fucking good. But the tone of the saxophone is, like, slowly taken over by, a, like, a mechanical humming. Yeah. That is the intro to Welcome to the Machine, and I'm like, that's fucking good, though. Right? <laughs> If you if you weren't put them together, shit. you wouldn't have got that moment. Exactly. I can't thinking. blame y'all too much. Yeah, they're really connecting these tracks. Who was doing that? <laughs> you know, like and not just connecting it like, oh, that song is part two to this. But in a way, it's just like, no, you have to listen to these two tracks together because there's a thing that elides them together. You know what I mean? There's a thing that makes them a full experience, which like really justifies the idea of like this is an album song. You know, like I would actually give it that glittery. I was actually thinking about giving it a fucking six, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) The break the scale rating. Like, I I think I just might. I'm like, what song in here is there that I wouldn't want to hear? (laughs) There's only five. (laughs) You know? (laughs) 
and they're all awesome. That literally the only thing like I can think of is I want to hear that song more than the other song. That's the only way I can think of it. You know, that about wraps it up for this week's going off. Big big thanks to everyone who listened to this week, and of course the two folks who requested the albums we ended up reviewing on this week's show. If there is an album that you would like to hear us talk about, head on over to our Kofi. That is k o dash f i dot com slash going off g o i n o f f one time $60 pledge for right now for an album review um 70 if it is an album that you recorded yourself like we did very recently um and we got a couple coming up too so those prices are elevated because we're trying to get our queue back in line because it's rather lengthy uh but once it gets to a more manageable length we'll uh we'll bump the prices back down and we'll give you an update on when that is it might just be a little while because like i said we got a lot of we got our work uh cut out for us uh we also got our link trees in the description so you can follow us on Twitter, uh, subscribe to our YouTubes, uh, follow mm. us on Patreon, Twitch, everything else we've got going on. It goes on and on and on and on. <laughs> it goes on and on and on and on. Man, we've got fucking episode 250 coming up. Woo. I'm putting together a montage of all the intros. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm only like 30 or 40 episodes in, and it's already like a 10-minute thing. It's like, okay... <laughs> I can't put this in an episode. It's too long. I'll, I'll probably just put it on Spotify yeah. and on YouTube as like its own separate video. Yeah. But if this just happens to be your first time listening to us, you know, when you want to play some catch up, all of our old episodes are on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. But that about does it for this week's episode of Going Off. So until next time, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. And you hear the toiling bell and touch the silk in your lapel. And as the tear drops to meet the comfort of the band, you take her frail hand. 